Hey everybody, this is the Dreaded Challenger here, coming at you again with another podcast, and sitting with me as always is the Angry Challenger. Angry Challenger, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Dreaded. It's good to have you on the show today. I'm, I'm like, I like to talk to people like they're guests on our show, because we've had a lot of guests recently. And yeah, we have. We've had some great guests. Fantastic, and there will be more, I, I assure you. But I know that our yes. audience was hankering for that angry, dreaded connection. So we've got some new knowledge to throw at them. You know what? I love sharing new knowledge. And, and this knowledge is, is cool because what we're going to do is we're going to go from the bottom up. You know, we're not going to go too fancy. We're going to start from the very basic building blocks of fighting games. And a good fighting game is built frame by frame, one frame at a time. So today we're going to be talking to you about frames what they are, their implications, how to read them, how to understand them, and then use them to your advantage. And you might be asking yourself, what are they talking about? What is these frames? I don't see these frames, but what are they, and what do they mean? Well, let me first break it down. Before we start talking about frames even further, every video game that you play is played at either at a different frame rate, but usually they're at 30, the, the old games are at 30 frames per second, or at 60 frames per second. So your modern fighting games are going to be played at 60 frames per second. So every action and every input in a game, such as King of Fighters or Street Fighter, is is played in a series of frames. Every, every move and every input uh, takes a certain amount of time, and that's measured in fractions of a second. One sixtieth of a second, to be precise. So a frame when we're talking about frames, is really just a time period of one sixtieth of a second. Yeah, and we're not talking about like super fast flash stuff either. This is stuff that you're going to need. By the time you get good at the game, one sixtieth of a second, you're going to be hitting those links. But by the time we get done, by the time you master these frames, well, maybe not by the time we get done. It depends on how awesome you are. But once you master learning frame data, once you master your combos, you're going to th- say to yourself, man, I got seven sixtieths of a second. That's plenty of time. That's too much time. It's pretty crazy. One might think, oh, seven sixtieths of a second. That sounds really fast. That sounds like the blink of an eye. Well, when you're playing at the speed of fighting games, seven sixtieths of a second is actually a fairly large window into the W. And to get in, get in the match. And once, once we start talking about it, you'll, you'll really see how, how it goes. I mean, when we're talking about 160 over the second, then we're talking tight. You'll see how it all applies. And you'll see how just the, these fractions of a second determine who's going to win and who's going to lose. So let's, uh, let's start jumping into how we apply these frames and what these, what these frames apply to. Which is basically everything. To start out... A lot of times you'll hear people say, oh, that's plus on block, or this leaves me at an, adva- an advantage, or something like we're neutral. See, the way frames work and the way they should apply to you are generally for your actual fighting, your offensive, your, your defensive purposes, and whether or not you're doing a move that's safe or not. Now, there's different types of frames. There's invincible frames. There's active frames. But at the end of the day, what it usually comes down to and what people want to know the most are which of my moves are safe, how unsafe is this move, what's plus on block, 
so they can start forming their frame traps, their block strings, things of that nature. So let's start up. Let's let's talk about what does it mean to be plus on block. Yeah. So every time you hit a button, let's just say eh, a punch button. So you're going to hit this punch button. There's four parts to every move. There's the startup. How long it takes for that punch to launch. So you start the punch. How long it takes before that punch hits. Then there's active frames, which is how long that punch is out there. How long that active hit box of a fist is out there. Some of them are longer than others. Jabs have short startup and a very short active time period made of a certain amount of frames. Then... There's the recovery where you're withdrawing your fist and the, the basically the time frame that you are open to a counterattack if you are indeed open because you cannot move or start another attack in most cases while you're in the recovery frames. Again, a jab will have sh- less recovery frames, meaning a shorter time, while your strong attacks have more recovery time. So when we say safe or on block, Picture you throw a punch and your opponent blocks it. Basically, it puts the opponent in a state of block stun, and that block stun only lasts a number of frames. Meanwhile, you're in recovery. You're drawing your fist back. And that is a certain amount of frames. So basically, whoever comes out of their either recovery or block stun state, whoever comes out of that first is at an advantage because they can either move or attack first as soon as those time periods are up. Yeah, it's pretty much you want to be an advantage for combo purposes, for offense, for your defense. You want to maintain that advantage. It's not always possible. And if it were possible, then you wouldn't see a lot of people playing fighting games. It'd be too frustrating. But, yeah, Dread is right. There's different parts to a move. You've got your startup, you've got your active frames, you've got your recovery frames, and during that time, you usually can't do anything. Now, there are cancels, some games that you cancel moves and stuff like that, but that's a whole other beast that we'll get into later. But for the most part, imagine your character is just, they have to get that punch out there and it has to come back. If you strike someone, it leaves you a different frame advantage than if when they block that being said if you strike someone at a certain range it leaves them in a different frame advantage for instance you might be able to link two medium punches together but if you hit it too far away it might not reach far enough or even if you hit like the tip of a move you might be able to get a link that you wouldn't have been able to get and we'll talk about link here because they have to do with advantage as well and what it means to be plus on block but there's also minus on block Yes, being let's talk about being minus on block, which you're not going to be minus on hit very often. No, not But very being often. minus on block means that you have hit a move where if they block it, so let's just say I'm playing as Ryu, and I throw a crouching heavy punch. Let's say that my opponent blocks it. Well, while I am pulling my fist back and I'm returning to my neutral state where I can move again, my opponent has uh, time to recover from the block stun. And, you know, we can actually quantify how much 
block stun that puts the person and how much recovery Ryu has. And we can see that if we say that Ryu is in uh, a disadvantage or negative on block, that means the opponent has a time period where he can attack or move or do whatever he wants to do before Ryu does. In this case, it would be about minus six for the crouching hard punch, which leaves you open to both light and medium attacks. That's something you have to consider when you play and why it's important to look at your frames because if you have moves that are minus, it's usually a high-risk, high-reward scenario where you want to hit that crouching hard punch. You really want to hit it because if you hit that crouching hard punch, you can link into some really good damage. That being said, if you block it, you're minus six, you could be eating a Makoto medium punch directly in your face. Nobody wants that. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, a, a crouching hard punch on negative uh, on on block is actually negative 18 frames. Oh, I was looking there, at the there wrong is a, move. Wow, it's that's all right. really bad. <laughs> oh, yes, man. now negative 18 frames. Now, in, in a game such as Street Fighter, Startup for a moves usually even just like the heaviest of moves like a crouching hard punch actually starts up in four frames or a a far hard kick starts up in nine frames. So negative eighteen means that you have almost a third of a second to retaliate uh, as soon as you block a crouching hard punch. Like negative eighteen is what we call very unsafe. Um, now, if you hit something and you're like uh, at a at a disadvantage of like negative three, the fastest the fastest move in in Street Fighters is th- uh, three frame startup. So if you if you hit something that's negative three, meaning that your opponent has three frames of advantage on you, he has to be perfect. He actually has to hit that button exactly right to get that jab into that three uh, a three frame startup into a three frame disadvantage window. So, I would call that pretty safe but not completely safe. Negative 18, that is mega unsafe. That is anything that your opponent wants to do to you, you will do in negative 18. So, yeah, talking about plus and minuses here, when you get a game and you have this sheet of numbers staring plus signs and minus signs staring you in the face, you're going to want to see what the fastest moves are, like what's the baseline for your frames. So in this case, we're talking about Street Fighter 4, the baseline is three frames. So anything that leaves you in minus three or more is going to be considered unsafe. Anything that leaves you in minus three or less is going to be considered safe. We're talking about block now. Yes, on block. Meaning you throw out a jab and on block... So let's just say we use crouching light punch. It's like a, a sit jab. It's actually plus two on block, meaning you what you know you actually recover faster than your opponent does from the block string. So if you crou- if you hit him with that that crouching jab, you have plus two on block. So your next move is going to come out faster. And if you press, if you each press those buttons as soon as your recovery time is up, your move will actually hit first because you're two frames ahead of him. It's the complete opposite if you're negative, if you're in disadvantage. And, you know, the plus and minuses don't just apply to defensive purposes either. Keeping in mind that 
the fastest startup in Street Fighter 4 is 3. If you do a move that leaves you at plus 3, then you can do what's called a one-frame link. Now, games are different. Like Skullgirls, the frame data in that game, if something gives you plus 3, you have to have a move that starts up faster than 3. Just as an example, I mean, Skullgirls moves you aren't any faster than that. So, like, you're going to look at the frame data and understand the game first, but using Street Fighter 4 as an example, let's say that you're, you're playing as Ryu and you hit that close standing medium punch. Well, that leaves you at plus three. So technically, you could link a close light punch if you were close enough or another three frame move after that. Now, the close medium kick also starts up in three frames. There's a lot of he, Ryu has a lot of, you know, fast startup moves, crouching light punch. His sweep starts up really fast. So with you playing as Ryu, you're looking to try to get as much plus on block as possible, or plus on hit as possible, as well as on block. Because by knowing what moves leave you plus on hit, you can start creating combos. It's kind of like building a puzzle. Yeah. Once you start seeing these numbers and you start looking at frame data and you start looking at how fast does this move start up, you know, how long, is it, uh, how long does it take to recover and basically what it's, what's its advantage on block and what's its advantage on hit, you can start seeing, okay, well, this move is safe and also this move is comboable, meaning so like, like a, a close hard punch or let's just say a, a crouching medium kick can combo if it's plus five, if, if a crouching medium punch leaves you at plus five and the crouching sweep has a five frame startup, that means you, you can actually link a crouching medium punch into a crouching hard kick. Technically, like you see it in the data, like, okay, so I can hit this medium punch and then I have, have time to hit this crouching sweep. So, you know, you hit the medium punch and then you can go in and link it into the sweep. You can start seeing the, the connections it right there in just the numbers before you even before you even feel out the game. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty amazing once you get into it. Just to recap what we went over, most of the frames and frame data you're going to hear about when people are just talking about frame data will have to do about uh being positive, negative or advantage or disadvantage respectively. Uh on block, on hit, and a lot of people like to talk about startup as well. They want to get their moves with very fast startup. So consider yeah. that when you, when you start talking about frames and frame data. And, and that goes into play with um, what we call the next phase of it, what we call punishes. Um, punishes are very important, especially in Street Fighter, where not every move is safe. Let's say that you are on the opposite side of Ryu and you're looking at Ryu and he tries to hit you with a sweep, a crouching hard kick, and you block it. Uh, that crouching hard kick, that sweep, is at a negative 14. There's not a whole lot of moves in Street Fighter that take more startup than 14 frames. So you know that if you block a crouching hard kick, you just find out which, which you know, it, it, Range notwithstanding, you got to you got to take range into the account too. You can't just throw out your shortest range because it might whiff. But you know, if you know that this crouching hard kick, the sweep is negative fourteen on block, you want to punish that him trying to hit you with that move and you blocking it 
with your most damaging move. So a punish is basically when you block an unsafe move and it leaves you open to counter that move after the block. It's called a punish. Yeah, there's uh, different types of punishes. You'll frequently hear about whiff punishes and block punishes. Here's the rule, because I've been asked this question before. What is a punish exactly? Because to the beginner player, it just sounds like you're hitting someone when they make a mistake. A punish is hitting someone during their recovery frames. That is what a punish is. Hitting someone after the recovery frames, that's just them not (laughs) pressing buttons or not blocking. But during the recovery frames, if you block or if you whiff, you can't do anything else typically. And if you have the option to and you don't, you're you're vulnerable. You can't block normally. So that being said, a punish is striking someone during their recovery frames. Whether you block it, whether you whiff punish it. Even some moves that hit, very rarely, are unsafe on hit, and they can be punished. Yeah, yeah. Some those, moves, are, those are very rare, yeah, but yes. Some moves, like if you use them in certain places, certain distances, may become very unsafe or very safe. Like uh, Dreddit was saying earlier, if you hit that sweep really close and they block it, you are uh, at, what was that minus you said? Minus 14. So you're a minus 14 if you're close and you use that, that sweep. But if you hit the very tip of that sweep and they block it, you might be okay considering, of course, the range and the active frames. And that yeah, gets into things like media attacks, which we'll talk about here shortly. Yes. With the range, you know, if you use your longest, po- your longest ranging attack and it gets blocked, like at, at maximum range... It limits the punishment options of your opponent because he might have a, a move that starts up super fast, but if it's not as long as the move that you just used, it's not going to be able to punish. And as Angry was talking about, there's whiff punishes and then there's regular punishes. So let's just say he throws out any move, really. It could even be a jab. It can be like a crouching medium kick. If it misses you altogether... You you don't have to deal with um, with recovery. You're still you're still out there. So basically, a whiff punish gives you more advantage than a regular uh, punish from from a block. So if you, it's one thing to get the opponent to throw out an unsafe move and block it. It's another thing altogether to get them to whiff it. There's all kind of ways that you can play mind games and then try to get a can or you player to throw out a, a sure you can. On now on block. It's, it's mega punishable. But on whiff, it's even better because you don't take chip damage and you have more time to think about and set up your most damaging combos as soon as they float down to the ground. So that's that's really the main advantage of trying to trying to look for a whiff punish. You Getting them to miss, you have to be on point with your movement, your reactions, and your, your, your neutral game, your, your footsies. The bulk of what I recommend most beginners to work on for punishing is block punishing. Uh, Absolutely. I know that you don't want to sit in the corner and block all the time, but sometimes that's what it takes to figure out what how to like start applying your your normals and how to start applying your fast moves. I know that when I was playing for a while, I didn't really focus on that so much, but you're going to play good players that are only going to be hitting their normals. And those little minus, 
those little minuses that may leave you plus at like ones and twos. You got to utilize those. You've got to you got to go on the advantage. So definitely something to consider. Yeah. Shall we talk about what a media attack is? Could we uh, could we talk about neutral really quick and active frames before that? Yes, let's do that. That's actually a good place to continue. Okay, so neutral, neutral. Let's do this. So basically, neutral is not negative. It's not positive. When you see on block advantage on block and it says zero, that means you, both you and your opponent who is in block stun have the same amount of recovery time. So you're basically coming out of the move, and you both are like starting over. You're both at the finish line at the same, you know, at the starting line at the same time. Which is important to know if you know that you're, uh, you know, that a move that you just threw out and had blocks is neutral on block. You're going to probably want to use your fastest move, or because if they if they pick anything else, uh, anything slower, you're probably going to beat it out and stuff it. But knowing which moves are neutral on block is also very helpful. Yes, because if you're playing and you're neutral on block. You're thinking to yourself initially, like, well, now we're on even playing ground. Not so. As you know, as we talked about character archetypes and stuff, different characters thrive at different ranges and have different strengths. So if you're playing as, say, Zangief, and you do a move that leaves you neutral on block and you're right next to them, that is a much more harrowing situation for someone who has longer startup. Even going to someone like Hugo, if you go neutral on block with Hugo... Pretty much every single one of his moves are going to be slower than most of the casts. So you can use that to your advantage. So in a way, neutral, depending on how well you know your character and your opponent, could mean that you are at an advantage psychologically or actually, depending on your player or who you're playing as. Yeah. It matters when you're facing someone like a grappler who can beat any move that you throw out with a grapple or like an EX, you know, spinning pile driver or something. Or even if you use that neutral, if you feel like your opponent's going to attack, you can beat it with something that has invincibility or just will just power straight through their next move. These are the risks you have to take as a fighting game player. Yes. Okay, so active frames. We, uh, Dreaded mentioned those before, active frames. Essentially, what they are are the, the frames in which the attack is actually capable of attacking. Now, obviously, certain moves have more active frames than others. Makoto monopolizes most of the active frames for normals in Street Fighter IV. Fireballs are active through the duration of their move. And usually, normal attacks and throws have periods in which they can actually deal the damage so in the case of throws most throws have one or two active frames in which if you are not blocking in the case of street fighter they can grab you which is another reason why being an advantage is good because once that's like i said before it's like a puzzle in terms of active frames for attacks you want your startup and your active frames to line up in a way that you can create block strings links, or just all-around safe strings of attacks so you can keep the pressure on your opponent. In the case of throws, if you, say, have a move that leaves you at 
let's say, plus 4, and throw starts up in 5, that doesn't give your opponent a lot of time to make a decision as to what they're going to do to react to that throw. They can't, they can't attack you out of it unless they have a, uh, a move that's instant air or goes into the air immediately. And they're probably not going to be able to jab you out of it. So they're going to use an invincible move. Or they might have to waste their meter to try to get out of it. Or they've got a throw break. So it forces your opponent to make a decision and to react in a way that you want. Yes, expert grapplers will find a way to, to get in there and get them into a situation where they only have the, the very slightest of a split second, like two or three sixtieths of a second to try to try to get out or counter that that throw so and meanwhile uh, they're buffering they're inputting that 360 to be ready to go as soon as those active frames are ready and then they're they're out of the recovery um so you know we could probably talk about the mindset of a grappler but that's the name of the game get them into a very close to to neutral position standing right next to them and then hitting them with that command throw that you know, and giving giving the opponent as little options as possible to deal with it. And we're not going to get too uh, much on the weeds on the, the throw characters, but what you need to know right. about active frames is those are the important frames. Those are the frames where you get your money. You make your money at those frames because those are the frames that deal the most damage. Some characters have deal different damage at different frames, depending on if you're jumping or whatever, like Sakura's crouching heavy punch. But... For throw frames, only certain frames will actually throw before you get that miss animation or around that startup animation. So knowing your active frames is definitely something that's great. And also knowing your hitboxes will help you when you're formulating which moves to use when. Well, we can, yeah. If you go to one of our panels, maybe you'll learn about hitboxes there at a convention or something. But that's for a yeah, story for another day. So you want to talk about meaties? Yes, because meaties, what that means, and we'll explain where that name comes from, is using the active frames of your attack to your advantage. A meaty is a setup where you have an opponent in a, in a knockdown state, and he's, he's down on the ground, and you're not able to attack him, he's not able to attack you until he gets up. Well, he's got a, you know, the get-up animation takes a couple, uh, a couple frames to just get up. Meanwhile, what an opponent can do is let's say that there's a move um, that has seven frames, which is a lot, seven active frames. To If you time that attack to be active in the time frame while they're getting up, it basically, if they're not blocking while they're getting up, it will hit as soon as, as, soon as their hitbox pops up. Because it's like they're waking up into your attack. And uh, they call it meaties because it's, it's like during the meat of that punch. You know, usually when you throw a punch and a person's standing there, as soon as that frame is active and that hitbox appears, you, the, the, block, the block animation starts uh, and the block stun starts. Or the hit stun starts. With a meaty, since that since those active frames have already started, you're gonna start recovering sooner. The hit frames and the or the block stun or the hit stun 
occurs later in the in the move, and what that does is it actually creates more of an advantage for the attacker. So it's like they're waking up into an attack, and it gives you more advantage because you're already halfway through with that attack. And basically what that does is it sets up more advantage on block and actually opens up more opportunities to combo after. Media attacks are tricky because if, say, we used to play this guy named the Shoto Challenger, and he used to like to do media attacks. Specifically, we used crouching sweep. And what that would mean is you would wake up and you'd have to block low because it would hit as soon as you got up. You couldn't jump out of it. So because um, an attack is meaty, like Dreddit was saying, it gives you a different frame advantage because it hits at the last of the active frames. Most frame data that you see is for if the move hits normally, not if it hits the last second, not if the very last frame hits. Not if they hit some while they're jumping. There might be special properties for that. But using the crouching hard kick as an example, normally your advantage on block would be minus 14. But because he hits it meaty, he's only at like probably a minus 10, which still isn't good, but he's hitting you as soon as you get up. And if he hits something like, say, a crouching medium punch, as you get up that's even more problematic because as you know reuse crouching medium punch leaves you at plus five and if you didn't know i just told you and it has four active frames so that's going to leave you at like a plus nine theoretically speaking that's ridiculous plus nine yes at plus nine almost every attack can be linked after that Please be now, mindful this takes of expert timing. Very expert yes, timing. you have to you have to be able to see these things to really apply them in a match. It takes a lot of timing because you have to time the attack perfectly. Too early, and they can whiff punish you. Too late, and you're not going to get the same kind of, of blocks done. You might get hit out of it. So once you get the timing of these means, you're actually going to see. You, you'll be able to actually see and feel the advantage on block. Or, or even better, on hit, and then start hitting some, some amazing things. Yeah. And so that's kind of an advanced thing, but it's something to look out for. And just one more little note on that. A lot of things that players do is they fill up the time with attacks to help them get the timing down perfect. Uh, I play Makoto. So one of her setups for her meaty jumping heavy kick, neutral jumping heavy kick, is as soon as you knock them down with the back throw... Dash forward, neutral jump, heavy kick. It'll hit the last frame of the heavy kick, and they'll land. It's a safe jump. So, safe jumps, that's something completely, it's a whole other subject. But it's, a safe jump is essentially like a media attack. You're hitting them just before you hit the ground, and the timing is made by me dashing forward and jumping. So... Sometimes you'll see players pressing like light punch twice and then heavy punch and then they do their media attack. It's just a way for them to help time because it's really hard just to see and do it unless you're like Daigo or something crazy like that in Remochi. Right. But, you know, it's also important to know these things if your opponent starts using those for media attacks because 
then you you see them start to you know they'll 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 do these things to set up to help their timing, and you'll know a media attack's probably coming. You should probably block it instead of waking up and trying to jab, because it will get beat. And hey, if your character has a counter and they do their little pro pre-programmed setup, you can just punish them for it. So there you go. As you can hear throughout this, you know, we're, we're arming you with knowledge. It takes some study and it takes some getting used to to know the matchups, to know which frame, you know, which moves are unsafe or safe. It, and with all the care, the wealth of characters that are out there, it's going to take some time to do some research to know, okay, these are my opportunities that he's going to give to me because this move is unsafe, or this move is meteor, this move. It's, it's going to take a while for you to kind of build that knowledge base to really apply it and get it to win. So we encourage you to study these things. I know we've said this a lot. We've talked about safe and unsafe. And I'm not sure if we actually defined it earlier on, but if you haven't figured out by what we've saying, we've been saying, I should say, is a safe attack is a move that's plus, or if it is minus, it's still minus, like, let's say your fastest normals are three frames, it'd be like a minus two. So, it'd be technically safe. Anything that's minus is not actually safe. Don't go out there throwing out minus attacks a lot. Because it hampers your ability to use fast normals. Because if the fastest normal in the game is 3, you do a move that leaves you at minus 2, that means that your next attack can only come at 5 frames. In which case, someone else can hit you with their fastest attack before that, if you're pressing buttons. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that if you are at minus, minus means different things to different characters that you're fighting. So a safe move would be, really, to me, a safe move that would be something that would leave you at zero or better. Ideally, you want to be at, like, plus one or plus two bare minimum on block. And on hit, you, of course, want to be plus, in the case of 3, 5, 4, plus three or more. Yeah, absolutely. When we're talking about you want to be in advantage, there's ways to do that because there's going to be very few normals that are going to be completely safe uh, of course the quicker the move like a jab or a forward or you know a, a medium attack um, those can those can either be plus or minus usually the, the the quicker the attack the faster it is and usually the safer it is not always though some some heavy attacks can actually be safe or it can actually be positive on block but we're talking about normals but we also want to talk about the frame data of specials. Um, and we're going to go over this really quick, but uh, you know, with a special, a lot of times what you can do to make uh, a situation safe is to cancel out of the normal into a safe special. This the, is a uh, really important the, concept. Absolutely, yeah. So the prime concept that everybody starts using is uh, reuse crouching medium kick which is actually negative five on block. So a crouching medium kick, I'm, I'm sorry, a crouching medium kick is negative three, which technically is unsafe. It's jab, you, you can punish it with the jab, and anyone who's really good can, can turn a jab into a combo and, and, and punish that crouching medium kick. But what Ryu can do is cancel the recovery of the medium kick by inputting down, down forward, forward, punch 
And basically, instead of having to retract his foot like he normally has to do with the normal, those recovery frames will be superseded by the startup of a Hadouken. So he doesn't even have to recover. It's like before that move is over, he's already starting to throw a fireball, which is actually going to be plus on attack because not only does that fireball, if it hits, it pushes them back well out of punishment range, but it'll, it'll actually uh, leave them at, uh, at a neutral if it's on block. So you can take special moves, link them into each other while they're in block, just keep them in a state of block stun, and then end it with a safe special by canceling the last frames of that last normal into a safe special, and that's what we call a block string. You, you know, you can go jab, jab, linking them in block stun, keeping them in block stun with the positive frame advantage of your jabs, then link that into a crouching medium kick, and then cancel that medium kick into a Hadouken, all while they're blocking, and they, they, they it, it's a, it's going to be a, is it a true block string? Angry? Evil, evil reused crouch medium kick to Hadouken is a true block string. Meaning, meaning they can't, if they let go of that block, they will, it will keep them in block. Yeah. There's no counterattack to that. It's not like, uh, say, Lily's EX Denobrium, where if you let go of the block button, you'll get hit by that last kick. It will hold you in block stun. And what that means yes. is that that's a twofold problem for the opponent because that means that you're going to take chip damage. There's nothing you can do about it, and you can't just shoot out of the move and knock them out of it. There's a lot of moves that you can use, and you can piece them all together to form a block string, but they're not always true block strings, in which case that somebody that knows your character better than you, maybe, can actually just blow out of your attacks, knock you away, and laugh in your face. Now, it takes, it takes an incredible amount of knowledge and experience to, to see like what's a true block string and what's not a true block string. And, of course, the difference is when you're, you're, when you're canceling the, the – let's just say you're canceling the, the, the forward uh, – the, the crouching medium kick into a, a special that, that there might be a little bit of a gap that you can actually fit an invincible move into uh, and reverse it. But if it's a true block string, meaning like the, it will keep the opponent in that block string, there, there's nothing that they can do. They're going to have to block that last special if they block the normals. And it's going to push them back, and it's going to be impossible to punish or reverse. So when you're building your offense, it's really good to know what a good block string is. You know, If you're Guile and you, you know, you're right up to a person and you start jabbing them, but they're blocking it, it's really good to be able to try to... to to jab and then kind of create a block strung that ends in a sonic boom because the sonic boom is a very very safe move you get uh, which actually it get and it gets the chip damage and uh, a sonic boom will actually leave you advantage on block to continue your offense and you know even if you say don't have a lot of safe special moves to end with just know that if you ha- use a move that's like somehow hit somebody and you're like plus three that means you can link a jab after it and we'll talk about links here after this but you can link a jab after it and then you're safe you can probably hit something else after the jab because jabs generally leave you at a higher block advantage Uh, in the case of uh let's say good old ryu we've been talking about ryu a lot his far standing light punch leaves him at plus two obviously no move starts up at plus at two frames, 
because the game would be broken. But uh, there are some moves that will leave you at a significant plus. Usually if you hit a meaty, that's what you need to do for that. Let's talk about links. Because I just mentioned links. And I'm just keep throwing out this lingo and we have to keep defining it. We know what a true block string is. We know what safe is. We're going to talk about frame traps. We know what neutral is. We know what advantage and disadvantage plus minus active frames. We know all that is. Let's talk about links because we've been talking a lot about advantage on block. Now, we're harping on block because a lot of newer players just don't do it. You need to block. It would be who you do. Generally speaking. Yeah, you need to. Generally speaking, you win more if you block more. Yes. Now, don't block all the time because you're going to get thrown, but you got to block. Now, let's talk about offense, though, because people want to know what is a combo. A combo is a series of attacks done in such a way that you cannot block. Now, every game is different. If we're talking about DOA, if it's not a natural combo, you're going to be able to counter out of it. So. Tekken yeah. doesn't really have a lot of ground combos. They're all like juggles, but there's still combos in which you cannot block out of them. So it's a series of attacks you can't block out of. Well, what causes that? The easiest example would be what Dreddit was saying earlier, canceling a move into a special on hit. So crouch medium kick to Hadouken, that's a two-hit combo right there. Easy money. It is. And like we said, the reason that combos is because the recovery frames are canceled into the special move. So when the special move is coming out, your opponent is still in hit stun and can get hit in hit stun. So it comes out one, two, combo. So the way we're going to build combos using frame advantage is such that it's usually going to start with a link. One way to start a link is if you jump in, say you do a jumping attack. Well, the recovery frames of a jump kick, this is almost universally true. When you jump an attack, if it hits, and I'm just saying it's a big if because we advocate not jumping all the time and jump-ins aren't always free. But let's just say you make a good read, you jump over a fireball, you, you, you kick them in the face. When you land, that's actually a, it's what we call a land cancel because if you're in the air and you throw out a kick, it's got to recover. But if you hit the ground first, that ground – the, the landing frames, so I think it takes three frames to land, will cancel the rest of the frames. Am I correct? I'm not exactly sure about landing frames. No, no, no. It is two, it is two frames to land. Okay. Two and the, and land. those two frames those two frames will interrupt the, the recovery frames of a jump kick. And basically that will create an advantage, an advantage on hit, and it gives you usually the... the, the the stronger the attack, the more hits done and the more advantage. That'll look, that'll leave them up usually at about plus fifteen on hit, and then it gives you a time to follow up with usually a medium or even a strong attack. So if you jump in, you 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 land a jump in attack. The the land frames will cancel that and then give you the advantage. And then with that advantage, you could throw out another attack that'll immediately combo because your opponent is is reeling in hit stun. And while they're reeling, reeling and hit stun, from the second attack, you can cancel that normal, say a close standing hard punch, into, let's say, a hurricane kick. And that right there is a, if you're you, is a three hit combo. The jump in, the land can cancel. The follow up link 
into a normal, then canceling that normal into a special. That's easy. No, that's, that's you know, that's if easy. you land if you land it for free, that's easy. What's yeah. harder yeah, uh, is linking two standing normal attacks. Yeah, it's very difficult. That's where things get tricky. Now, as uh, dedicated for you players know, you can in fact link after a crouching light punch, you can link a crouching medium punch. After which, you can link a crouching medium kick into, say, an EX fireball. I'm not sure if it pushes them too far away. Theoretically, it works. But in my case, when I play as Ryu, I like to go crouch medium punch, crouch medium punch, crouch medium kick to something. Whether that be try to hit that sweep if I'm not too far away or that EX fireball. So how is that happening, you know? You're not canceling when you do that. You're doing what's called a link. Now, the way a link works is reuse crouch medium punch is a very, very strong move. I know I talk about it a lot, but it's one of my favorite moves in Street Fighter, actually. Even though I don't really play as Ryu, I really like crouch medium punch because it leaves you at a plus five, and it starts up in four frames. So that's what we like it's to call It's also a plus two on block, yes. so it's, still, it's safe to throw out. Super safe. Crouch medium punch is plus five on hit, four frame startup. So that is what's called a two frame link. That's a very easy link in Street Fighter 4 because you can do what's called P-linking or plinking and turn it into a three frame link. So it gives you significantly more time. It doesn't sound like a lot of time, but when you play the game, it is a lot of time. So you can yeah. do a three frame link with the crouch medium punch and link it into another crouch medium punch, and then link that into crouch medium kick. The way that's happening is because Ryu will throw out the punch, complete the animation, and you're still reeling, as Dreaded said. So you're reeling, you're, you're flying your arms around, oh, he just punched me in the gut, or in the face if you're crouching. Ryu now has five frames to hit you again. In which case, you just do that medium punch again. Boom, just like that. Or, if you're close enough, and I'm talking breathing down their neck close, you can go crouch medium punch to crouch heavy punch. And the crouch heavy punch has the property of forcing the opponent to stand up. And then you can link into the EX Tatsumaki, into the Ultra, into that damage. That's a little advanced. We'll talk about move properties later. But that, I just want to illustrate to you the magic of knowing frame data. Like, you can go in, you can do that jump in to attack to special. Or you can do something special where you're doing that jump in to medium punch, to crouch heavy punch, to Tatsumaki, and get that damage. Now, there's a lot of uses for links. Links extend your combos. Links can transform a three-frame opening into a full combo. Links can get an ocarina and save time. Oh. Sorry. That's God, true. I'm sorry. If you have four of them together, wait. I think we are all, the train's off the track here. I think we were links, the track. links can take three frame uh, disadvantage that your opponent has put themselves in with a slightly unsafe move. Let's just say I'm playing with my man DJ, and someone throws out, uh, let's just say, you know, a, a crouching medium kick, and I block it, and I only have three frames, but dig it. And I don't, let's just say I, I lose my charge because I'm a charge character. All right, 
I have got three frames. What am I going to do? I'm going to hit that crouching jab. I'm going to link it into another crouching jab because it's plus four on block and my, my jab is is um, is a, a three-frame startup. So I'm going to link it into another one. Meanwhile, I'm charging back. Meanwhile, I'm going to tr- link that either into a crouching medium punch, which is a, it's a five-frame startup. It is a one-frame length. Like you have to hit it within that one sixtieth of a second and I can crouch and I can link it into a crouching medium punch, which is special cancelable by now because after those three attacks hit, that I've been charging the whole time and then I can cancel the medium punch into a special like the double dread kick. So you can see how links are important because they can translate small openings you can link them into bigger attacks, which can cancel into bigger specials, which will lead to bigger damage. So I know we've said this on another podcast. Don't leave damage out on the table. If you see the slightest opening, learn to link. Learn to use your frame data to your advantage. They gave you, they gave you plus three frames to work with. Turn that into the most damage you can. You can turn that. I mean, with DJ, if I got you know one bar of EX... And some ultra, I can do over 500 damage with with three frames of advantage. I can I can link two crouching medium punches to confirm the fact that I actually did this combo. Cancel into ex machine gun upper, and then I can dash to ultra. And next thing you know, I've got 500 damage on you because you were at negative three on block. So that's just an illustration of how knowing frame data and utilizing frame data can expand the game to really sway it into your advantage. Frame data killer. And there's multiple ways of doing it. There's multiple ways of using it too. There's another uh, way of using frame data on block to your advantage. And that is called a frame trap, which we will briefly describe to you. A frame trap is, say you use a move that leaves you at plus one or two. Your opponent's going to see that. If it's like a plus one... They're going to say, I think I can slip my fast as normal in there. I might be able to hit him. It's, that's not a bad guess. But what a frame trap is, is it le- purposely leaves an opening, usually an advantage, so that you can try to get that counter hit. Now, let's analyze plus one real quick. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it's still safe. Yeah. A plus yeah. one automatically makes any single one of your decisions after that as the opponent four or greater in the case of Street Fighter 4 if you're using normals you cannot react faster than four frames with a normal move at that point unless you're glitching out or lagging or we're we're not counting special moves ultras supers anything like that just normal moves so you decide to stick your jab out there well doesn't matter how fast your jab is if you have a three frame jab your opponent has a three-frame jab. You, the opponent, get hit by a move that leaves you, or that's a plus one for the enemy. Then that means that you effectively have a four-frame jab, which means that they can hit you with their jab, which will be a counter hit. So they're going to get 25% more damage on that counter hit. Now, on the plus side, you usually don't add too many frames, because uh, usually in counter hits, they'll add like two frames. You can do combos that weren't possible before on counter hit, but that's still extra damage you're taking on that first normal. And it's pretty much getting you to open up by making a bad guess. 
Ideally, you'd want to do something that leads you at like a plus two or plus three even, if you can somehow pull that off, and do a move that has like a special counter hit property of like a crumple stun or something like that. Yes. Um, one example of a frame trap that I've recently had trouble with is I was fighting a, a halfway competent Cody player. Cody has a couple of different frame traps. He's got the knife. Now, normally, if you try to block the knife, not only do you take chip damage, but you also get he's like plus two on on those attacks. Uh, and one that he has is actually the one I'm thinking of that I had problems with that I was falling for is he would hit me with this forward medium punch called the stomach blow. It was relatively quick, uh, kind of like a gut punch. And what I was trying to do was I was trying to counter jab it. Like I was trying to get on the offensive. Like even if it was like, even if it was technically safe, I'd rather be putting him in block stun. So I was starting to, okay, I'm going to throw out my jab and I'm going to start a block string. The problem was he knew it. He it was a setup because he hit me. He, he he threw out this this punch. I blocked it, and then he he had his jab out, and his jab beat mine, and he knew it, and then and he confirmed that jab into a link, into a special. He hit me with that like three times in a row before I wised up and went like, "Wait a minute, that's plus on block. I'm falling for a frame trap right now. No matter what I do after the stomach blow, I'm gonna lose." Frame traps are really unique. Uh, you'll also hear about something called a tech trap. Those are advanced. Those have a little less to do with frames and more with conditioning your opponent to break a throw and punishing their throw animation or punishing their attempt to throw you. But frame trap, uh, at the most basic level, is, that's something that's going to kill, absolutely kill new players because they're going to want to attack. And if they're blocking at all, they're going to have a lot of problems with seemingly not being able to get in a hit. And frequently, newer players will tell me, you know, why can't I block that attack? I'm blocking you. Why can't I block? It's like, well, you see that little little prompt comes up that says counter. It's because you're pressing a button. You can't attack me faster than I can attack you. So, yeah, frame traps are vicious and they can be problematic. Yeah. But if you know that you're in a frame trap, like Dreaded figured it out, you can still beat that. You just don't yeah. throw moves out there. If you like, if you have an instant invincible reversal move, and you know that they're going to try to follow up that that safe move with another move to beat your move, you can use something like a Shoryuken that has invincibility on startup to try to beat that. It's risky because you know there's a huge risk reward there. The reward is you break the frame trap and you get huge damage. But the risk is he doesn't press buttons. You throw out your reversal, he blocks it, then you're at risk. So it's a risky way to deal with frame traps is with invincible reversals, which is a pretty good segue into invincibility frames, which is a certain kind of frame that you'll see on certain moves, which we can talk about. Invincibility frames uh, are uh, moves where you're invincible. You have no hip, no hurt box. You can see, like you know, someone's trying to jab you, but you know, trying to create a meaty, maybe uh, you know, comes up to you, try to try to apply jab pressure, but it leaves you an opening. And you, let's just say you, the the the, the most common, or like is like a dragon punch style move, like a sure you can, a flash kick, 
something like that that has as soon as you input the move it's basically there are a number of frames usually about three frames more or less um, depending on the move and depending on if it's ex or not or depending sometimes even depending on the version of the move like the medium punch version of a sure you can actually has more invincible frames than say a light or a heavy version let's just say hypothetically you throw out a sure you can that has three frames of invincibility it means for that 360th of a second any attack that comes at you will just go straight through you you do not have a hitbox attached to you you're all just flaming hurtbox right there now it is only three and you, that might seem pretty inconsequential but that will beat out most moves you will just power straight through it now it's a general rule that invincible moves have a high reward that also come with a huge risk because, you know, if you throw out a flash kick or a sure you can, the recovery on them is horrendous. So you have to be judicious when you use invincible moves because let's just say Ryu throws out a, 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 you know, a heavy dragon punch. He is at a whopping 37 frames of disadvantage. Uh, wow. And it looks like he has, on his heavy punch, he has two frames of invincibility on that. And his medium punch has five frames of invincibility. And his light dragon punch has two frames of invincibility. So like I said, the, the, the medium punch has more invincibility. So that's, that's usually a safer option to throw out as far as being invincible. But even, even the medium dragon punch is negative 34 on block. That's um, so that's usually, that's usually the trade-off. Usually every character, if you use like EX moves usually add some sort of invincibility property onto any move. Wow. 37, huh? Yeah. I can make a sandwich in 37 frames and punish that. You can probably make prime rib. Yeah. I mean, I can grill steaks in 37 frames. We should probably do that at the next convention. Bring some steaks. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Like in the middle middle of a a flash kick recovery. You know, I'll be like, yo, who wants theirs well done? <laughs> so, like we said, invincibility frames are awesome. They can turn the tide of a match. They can power through moves, especially, but you have to, like, you have to be able to read your opponent to know, like, they're going to attack. And it's basically, like, you have to be, you have to be sure or just take that risk or just know that you're probably going to eat their biggest, baddest combo. Just because it's same thing with with flash kick. It's actually um, uh, with flash kick. The the hard kick flash kick is three frames of invincibility, thirty seven frames of disadvantage. Mm, that sounds unfortunate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, your opponent can like build a blockade and 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 like build a wall around you in thirty seven. I think know, that and at then, that and point, siege you in thirty seven frames. Yeah, I think that at that point. You could actually join the real life military, make the rank of colonel, come back, yeah, and then do your best combo after that. Yeah, and it would be legal because then you'd outrank Guile by yeah. that point. Yeah, at that point, yes. Yeah. So invincibility, invincibility frames usually come with a, the, the big payoff of huge disadvantage on block, and let's not even talk about invincibility on whiff. They're just going to be like. Watching you through the, you know, soar through the air like a like a like a fireworks show while eating popcorn. E.T. flying in front of the moon. There you yeah. are. 
waiting for that short. It's a beautiful game. sight, really. I mean, I it warms my heart to watch an opponent with uh, something like a, a flash kick or a dragon punch. Always feels good to because, see that. Yeah, I know. Because it's like that one combo that I've been pra- practicing like over and over that does like 900 damage in the training room. It's like they're just giving it to you. It's like, hey, guys, check it out. I'm a training dummy now. Don't flow chart, people. But we talked about bad Don't habits. do it. We've talked yes. about that. But anyway, we are talking about frame data, and 37 frames of data is like almost just all day. That is more than half a second to react to. Now, if you're looking, if you're asking yourself, like, well, where am I going to find this mystical frame data? A lot of players, guys, nowadays have gotten a lot better than where they were when Dreaded and I were coming up. And they'll feature frame data. Uh, there's mobile apps you can download with frame data. You can go to sites like Event Hubs to get your frame data. Uh, there's sometimes character-specific frame data. Like for Makoto, she has the Rendercon Bible, which I highly recommend for Makoto players. And that also has frame data. So frame data is just something good to take a look at. It's not something you should focus too much on because it's flexible. You know, frame data is set up in usually in a certain way. So you're standing there and you hit them with a the move. It doesn't account for all the variations of range, unless there's like close standing attacks, but it doesn't account if you hit the very tip of the move. It doesn't account for media attacks. It doesn't account for counter hits. These are all things you need to consider for yourself when you're playing the yeah. game. But frame data is a very good tool to start out with and to help you build your uh, your skill set. Yeah. And once you see something interesting in frame data, like, oh, really, this is plus five on hit? I wonder what else I can link to it. Like, like you, it's one thing to see it theoretically on the chart. Take it in the training room. Okay, I'm going to hit this, and then I'm going to hit this. And linking is, not just, is more about just, you know, counting frames. Linking is about, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this angry. All right, say Linking it. is about rip. Linking is about rhythm. Oh, yes. Respect rhythm. Respect that Respect that rhythm. To get that, like, you know, jab, jab, strong, special. Like, it, there's a certain rhythm to it. You go, bah. you know, you can hear your buttons click it out. And then once you're once you're in the training room and you start doing those links, you can hear the rhythm to it. Um, so it's, it's not enough to know the numbers. You have to feel the rhythm when you're doing these links. Bah, yeah. bah. Feel the rhythm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're talking about links, you got to feel that rhythm. Yes, indeed. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Dreaded. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about uh, good old frame data? We've covered a lot today. We have. Um, I hope it really helps you. I hope that you guys don't get too much in the weeds, but I hope it expands your curiosity that you start looking into frame data and that you start using it to patch up holes in your game. Where can I use, you know, how can I use it to punish? What moves do I have to be careful about? What moves do I do less? You know, start, start, start thinking that way. Like, like see the frame data, pull out things that, and then try to apply it, but don't get lost in it. Because again, it's, it's about application. You know, you're not seeing numbers out there. You're feeling the rhythm of it. So it takes, it takes practice to apply it. But but try to see where it can patch up holes into your game. Yeah, don't don't feel hampered by the fact that your character might not have as good frame data as another character. Because there's probably reasons for that. 
look at the special move properties that go along with that. And we'll talk about that on another podcast. But not everything is what it seems, you know. So just think about what you're doing. Consider frame data. But like Dreddit said, it is not the be-all and end-all of playing. It's a good resource to have. If you want to be an advanced player, you need to understand it. And it can definitely give you the edge up if you have it beforehand to know what your fastest normal is and things like that. Yeah, especially if you're facing someone who kind of relies on the eye test. Like, oh, yeah, that move looks safe. Or that move looks like it has a ton of recovery. Well, sometimes the looks can be deceiving. Sometimes you think like, oh, I blocked a, a, you know, a jab, like a light, sure, you can, I've got all day to punish. When in actuality, you know, you only have, you know, six frames. It's a little safer than what you think. So you, you have to be, you, you know, sometimes your eyes can, can deceive you, but sometimes the numbers can show you what your eyes don't. So it's a good it's a good thing to reference if you're falling for something like a frame trap or if you try to punish something that looks punishable, but then you're like, why do I get stuffed? Well, look at the frame frame data. You're like, oh, he's only negative one on that. Don't try to punish that. So that, that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah, Kazuya's only front kick in Street Fighter Cross Tekken looks super fast. It's not. He's got a long startup. You can beat it. Yeah. There's there's one more thing I want to say about frame data. Hit me up with that. We almost. Right? We've almost been talking exclusively about Street Fighter because Street Fighter frame data, it has, you know, links and cancels and everything like that. And that applies to frame data. Other games also have frame data. But you have to kind of look at it differently. What am I talking about? I'm talking about games like Tekken where you don't have links in Tekken. I'm just going to say you don't have links in Tekken. You have chains. Chains will just go into each other. Sometimes they'll completely combo, sometimes they won't, but you have to read the frame data completely differently in a game like Tekken. Because with a game like Tekken, the fastest the fastest move in a game like Tekken is not three frames, it's ten frames. And all usually all but like seven to ten moves in your long list of Tekken are completely safe. So when you're looking at a game like Tekken, like the frame data now, the frame data is still gonna be startup. Advantage on block, advantage on hit. But it's going to be viewed in a different light because you're playing a different game. It's still like the frame data still applies, but it applies in a different way. Same thing with anime fighters because they're much faster. Um, games like the NRS games, the, the NetherRealm Studios games, actually they just straight up give you the frame data. But their moves are so specialized that sometimes the frame data doesn't even matter in a NetherRealm Studios game. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Skullgirls actually has a frame data calculator that automatically gives you flexible frame data. So it'll give you the straight up frame data for if you hit somebody or if you hit them at range, it's different. It changes every time. It'll even show you when you have a uh, perfect link between coming out of a block stun into a throw. So. So yeah. So that game right there gives you frame data on a silver platter while other games make you go find it. Yes. So. Um, now we were talking about Street Fighter because that's what that's you know a good place to start. But and it the frame data is the same concept in every game. It's applied differently in every game. Yes, like I said before, Skullgirls. If you have a move that leaves you at plus four, you have to use a move that's faster than four to link it. 
it doesn't have that whole one. It has one frame length, but it doesn't look the same as in Street Fighter. So you have to keep that in mind. So one frame yeah. length in Skullgirls would be a four to three rather than a four to four. Exactly. In a game like Tekken, what you're trying to do is actually trying to get uh, use frame data to to search for counter hits, like using frame traps to get counter hits. Because in Tekken, you don't link things. It's basically you go from one state to another. If you can hit this chain that dizzies a person or stuns a person, and then you can get them in a juggle state, and then you start juggles. That's how you get your damage in Tekken. So it's completely different. You use you use that frame data differently because the combo systems differently. Skull goals, Tekken, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, any game with any game that automatically cancels one normal into another, you're gonna think about frame data differently. So that's just that's just knowledge to arm yourself with next time you are you are in the, the in the training room trying to get yourself to the next level. So yeah, a lot of games have frame data out there. It's just out there in the in the ether, you know, Yadagras, who actually, they just, the developers gave the frame data to the players who donated X amount of money in their Kickstarter and slash Indiegogo campaign. And yeah. DOA has the frame data in the training room as you play. It's flexible frame data, just like in Skullgirls. Uh, and just like in uh, NRS games. Yes. Um, with, Tekken, with Tekken, they don't like to release that frame data, but you can go and buy it. In the form of a Prima uh, official game guide. Yep. You, saw, you can get it usually in Street Fighter as well, or you can just use the internet like we talked about earlier. But not every game is DOA or Skullgirls and will have the frame data right there at the bottom of the screen for you. Not every game is like Nether Realms and will have it right there in your move list. And not every game is like Yadagarasu or Street Fighter where they'll have dedicated people out there just giving you the data. You have to work for it, so... It takes having a good eye, it takes experimentation, and it takes using your training options the correct way. Yeah, now I hope that everything we've talked about here is going to help you out in a tremendous way. It's going to help you level up to, get to a, a, just another level of not only proficiency in beating people at you know these awesome games, but also in your appreciation of them. Yes. That's, uh, that's, that's what we're here for. So that's all I have for today i believe that's all uh we have is there anything else that you would like to add to this podcast oh yeah you know we like to do our little miscellaneous thing at the end here could we talk about karen and rashid just briefly i would love to because i gotta tell you something angry i was starting to worry about street fighter 5 being when i say this i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it i'm gonna just say it. i mean i'm just gonna say it just say I'm not, i was afraid that it was gonna get boring i was afraid it looked like everyone was yeah, it was a, that everyone's going to be the same, and without a focus attack, it's going to be you know it's going to limit your options. But then all of a sudden, this crazy dude that's jumping and flipping off of walls and everything like that look you know he's interesting. Say what you will about his character design, I think it's fine. Whatever, you know, uh, I, I don't mind ethnic people. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, we know, you know Capcom is racist, one. so you know, know they're going to be characters. So you know it. If they're racist to everyone, then we're cool. So, so far, it looks like they are. But with the in- inclusion of Rashid and Karen, which, shout out to Capcom for big giving the people what they want. Giving them what they want. And giving them what they need. Um, it looks like it, it adds a new level of diversity and depth. They're not just going to be all Shoto's and not all going to play like quarter circle characters. They're same old, same old, same old. You know, you're going to have to face some some crazy mix-ups, you know, you're going to be online on Street Fighter Five, and you're going to have to face 
a Rashid that's flipping and rolling and swinging and parkouring all over the place. Or you're going to have to fight a Karen who's rushing you down, trying to steal your wallet and mug you uh, with her V-Trigger. And so I'm excited. Tell me your thoughts. I'll tell you what. Between watching Armika yelling in the mic, seeing Karen oh. come back, seeing Rashid, the game looks really compelling. Now, my opinion, I'm still all on that Armika train. I think I mentioned this before, but Karen looks really compelling to me because I'm hearing a lot of talk that she's similar to Lily and Julia in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And as you know, Dreaded, I started out playing Lily and Julia in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. I still play Lily. And if she's that yeah. sort of rushdown style with some good footsies, I'm all about that. And hey, I heard Makoto users would like her as well, and I use Makoto. She could be right up my alley which is frustrating me to no end and me making excuses about how my character is too difficult to play and how I'm an idiot. But I'm going to get in there and try <laughs> it anyway because she looks really cool. Rashid, he kind of, I kind of think of Rolento when I see him flipping all over the place. I really like characters that are highly mobile, just never really been good with them. So I'm not really going to yeah. mess around with Rashid. Uh, props on Capcom for including uh, more ethnicities in this game even though they're still horribly racist in their characters. <laughs> still, you know, props, Capcom. You're being, doing better. You're, yeah, you're doing good. I mean, I This is coming from a Latino and a black guy. So Yeah, so no. let me tell you something right now. Birdie, not happy about that. <laughs> okay. No, just like, no. just like I was like, really? Really, Capcom? Fuerte? Does he have to yell case to you, bum? Is that what you think of us? Well, apparently they think uh, Brazilians are green monsters, so... Yeah, dude, yeah, dude. Okay, next thing about Street Fighter Five that I'm jazzed about? Exactly. Y'all know me as the Dreaded Challenger. Yes. I'm not the Dreaded Challenger because people actually feared me. Let's get real. <laughs> oh. Why are you the I got it. Challenger? I got it by maining DJ, and back in the day when I was Mortal Kombat 9-ing it up, I was with that Cyrax, and mm. he was rocking the Dreads. Yes, he was. Um, at first, when I saw Nikali... I was like, oh, this guy looks interesting. Ha, 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 he's got dread, dreadlocks. They straight up made him a hybrid charge character. Ooh. That's my dude. <laughs> he combines. He's basically a charge character with Ryu's axe kick. Man. That's my guy. Because he has that stomp move that leaves him at neutral. And we're just talking about frame data. And it looks like every time he uses that stomp move, it's like safe on block. So it's like to apply pressure and if they keep it as is that little that charging uh um slash move will be back for two sec uh, you know a, a charge move that will blow through fireballs i'm used to that that's my that's my game with the ex uh dread kick go blasting through fireballs that's like anti-zoning so not only can he like walk forward and apply pressure with command specials He's also got the charge specials that I'm used to. I can anti-air all day with char- with, with with flash kick maneuvers and you know up kicks. So he's got that up like that up slash. I am super mega pumped for Yujiro Han. I mean Nikali. <laughs> Watch Baki. Watch Baki, please. Spiny back manga, manga. Spiny back manga, manga. I don't care how you pronounce it. Come back to us, please. <laughs> Or manga, or manga, but yeah, Street Fighter Five. Um, 
with the news that's coming out, with what we're seeing, we are much more excited than what we were before. Very excited. I am ready for Street Fighter V. I really am. And hopefully I'll get a chance to play it at New York Comic Con. If you do, we'll have to have a podcast on it. Uh, you know, we will. And we'll get, we'll get uh, Mark Sagawa on here to talk about it as well. Oh, the, the beta monster himself. The beta monster. And I will soon be a beta monster if I get this PlayStation 4 with my airline miles. Because I'm always flying everywhere. So there's that. Very nice. Very nice. I think we have given the people what they wanted today. Yes. With our invigorating knowledge and talk today. We would like Angry, to... Would you, yes, go ahead. Would I like to do the honors tonight? Is that what Please you're going to ask me? Well, as usual, before I do those honors... Support your local USO. Reach out to them. Time and money. Fantastic organization. Doing a lot for the troops. Getting all those shows out there. The new challengers would not exist if it weren't for the USO. So Shout out to the USO. Shout out to the USO. And if you'd like me to close it out here, I want to say to everyone, until the next challenge. Thank you very Peace. much.